what it mean to me. Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Welcome to GWSB Proud, a podcast all about why are you proud of GWSB? My name is Liesl Riddle and I am the Associate Dean for Graduate Programs here at George Washington University School of Business. And I have the great pleasure of sitting down with GW alumni, faculty, staff, and students to hear why they are GWSB Proud. Well, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited today to have Rachel Goldstein joining us today. She is the Senior Manager for Global Sustainability at Mars Incorporated. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Liesl. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back since 2003, right? Global MBA of 2003. Let's kind of walk back in time a little bit and kind of share with the listeners where were you before you, 2003? Like, I can hardly remember where I was last week, much less before 2003. What were you doing? What were you thinking? And why did you think about business school and GW mm -hmm. specifically? Sure. So prior to coming to business school, I spent 11 years in the insurance industry, working very specifically on industrial safety, workers' comp, compensation insurance, um, but the safety part of environmental safety and health. And I started to really reflect on some of the conversations I had with my customers, right? And so I worked on uh, company sustain uh, safety plans. And when I started to talk with them about OSHA says you need to do XYZ to be safe, you had one conversation and people were like, all right, I'll, d I'll do what I need to do to comply and that's that. But if I had a conversation with them about other benefits, other business benefits of the safety program, lower insurance premiums, better quality off the line when people aren't injured, you had an entirely different conversation, right? And people really went, got creative in their solutions, went above and beyond because there was this bigger benefit besides checking a box. And so along those lines, I started to get much more personally interested after a trip to the national parks in climate change and environmental protection. And I started to think, how do I actually create those same tools for how do you do the business case for environmental protection? In the insurance industry, I had a group of underwriters and other people that could help me recalculate numbers. But I didn't realize I didn't have the tools necessarily to move into the environment and climate change space. And so I started thinking about what's the combined business degree with environmental protection, environmental management or policy. And the great thing, GW had that concentration in the business school. That was a huge draw for me. And there weren't many schools that had that in 2001. So you came to GW you met some folks, you took some classes. Can you go back in time a little bit mm -hmm. for us? Were there particular people that stand out, particular events that stand out that really made your MBA program special? So I think certainly in the first year, having been out of school for so many years, I just, I immersed myself in the experience. I loved the classes, I loved being back in school. Um, having studied, having been an engineer and undergraduate, just getting sort of the policy perspectives and things I was, you know, um, accounting and business perspectives. Enron was my first year of graduate school. So really actually mm -hmm. taking the information and, and applying it to the what was going on in the world. Um, and I think also one of the really interesting things for my time there was what is now the net impact chapter, right? And so it was a group of environmental students um, in the business school and in policy and engineering who would put together their own own group, which ultimately became a net impact chapter. And then we also hosted the next year, GW, Georgetown, AU, and Maryland co-hosted the net impact conference. And so I really actually pulled in some of the other students from my class 
who were looking at either um, nonprofit or entrepreneurship uh, concentrations, and then working with students in the other schools, we put together a couple hundred person conference um, without the benefit of a really professional team to do it. And uh, really interesting and great experience to just connect with students all over the country who are trying to look at the triple bottom line while in business school. Well, it sounds very innovative, particularly for that time when all mm -hmm. of that was a little bit newer, I would say, mm -hmm. right, for yes. industry. Yes, and I think because GW really was pioneering that more than there was a World Resources Institute did a Beyond Gray Pinstripes report about in, uh, sustainability programs in business schools. There weren't many, mm -hmm. right? And GW always was at the top of that list um, in terms of just pushing the envelope uh, and having sustainability within the business school. Yeah, I think that's, there are a couple different reasons why I think that's true. You know, we used to be way back when, we have like this long history of being the school of business and public management. And mm -hmm. so there's always been, I think we've attracted a faculty that at some level primarily have some kind of intersection with policy with the government sphere in a tangential or holistic kind of way. And I think we're one of the few business schools, I think, in the, our actual mission statement is a commitment to educating leaders about the role of business and its interaction with both government and sort of citizen sector or nonprofit NGO kind of, uh, kind of space. So I think in many ways we also, I think, attract students that have an interest in that because of also who, who we are. So you met some special friends. I know you were telling me that you're still in touch after all these years with friends that you were in school with in 01, 02, and 03. And mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. Uh, there are still a few. And, um, you know, and act so I have one of my friends, I'll give a shout out to Anu, who, is, uh, who went to State Department. Uh, she is back in D.C. now, but actually some of my first tra uh, travel to China uh, for work also coincided with her first, um, her first position in Beijing. So got a chance to even visit with her internationally uh, as well, That's not great. too long after we got out of school. Um, and uh, some friends from my cohort, um, I got married not that long ago, and you know, Anu and, um, and Tim Sheckler were both at the, at the wedding. So it was quite nice. Oh, that's lovely. It's so great to see the GW community kind of lives mm -hmm. on, you know, outside the, outside the classroom. Any particular faculty stand out for you? Who was your favorite? What was your favorite subject, maybe? I'm not sure I have a favorite per se, but certainly uh, Dr. S uh, Mark Sterick as my faculty advisor. A again, where um, having this environmental management policy concentration within the school was very influential. There were classes around um, strategy and policy that helped me think a little bit about my career choices and and you know and what I wanted to do when I graduated from uh, from GW. So after your GW sort of experience, where did you go next in, in your career and why? So I think one of the interesting things is I came out of business school and I went to the government, right? And most people, you know, and originally actually when I talked about an environmental concentration, everyone's like, oh, you want to go to the EPA, you want to go to the government and work in the EPA? I was like, no, no, I don't want to be a regulator. I want to go into the world of business. This is why I'm, why I'm here. Um, but interestingly enough, I think there were a few things that um, got me to the government. Uh, one, the job market was very challenging, so 9-11 was actually our first semester of graduate school in 2001. Mm -hmm. so the job market was probably not quite what we would have expected, um, but the reality is that I ended up in um, voluntary programs on climate change at EPA, and because there wasn't a regulatory mandate, you needed a business case for some of, what, for some of these projects, and actually the tools of business uh, were really helpful in actually 
making that case. And the program I was in ended up being like this great little microcosm of why I went back to school. So I was there for eight years. We expanded internationally. And again, you had to think through where things didn't have a regulatory mandate. How do you, how do you align and convince stakeholders that they need to be working on these projects or moving in a certain direction? And showing the business case is one way to do that. Wow, that's a, it's a really great story, too, about how you took that business knowledge and then applied it in a sector that often we don't think about in terms mm -hmm. of using a business school background to make a difference and really make an impact mm -hmm. in government. So then why the switch from a government role now to more private sector role? So uh, I would say after about eight years, I was starting to think a little bit about next steps. Um, and again, the market for corporate sustainability jobs changed quite a bit, right? So... In 2003, they didn't really exist. They started to in 2006, seven. but I really loved what I was doing at EPA and, mm -hmm. and had <laughs> no interest in moving. But I started to think a little bit about, think about it differently again. And now these jobs were um, both in consulting and in-house within companies. And I got connected to Mars because I worked with Mars on one of our first renewable energy projects when I was at EPA. Uh, so uh, our Waco, factory Tex uh, Waco, Texas factory had a landfill gas to energy project, and that's the program I worked on at EPA. And, and so staying in touch and actually highlighting Mars on a panel at a net, future net impact conference that I organized around using uh, landfill gas for voluntary corporate commitments. Hmm. Um, and so when they had a, a role that was open, they reached out and asked if I was interested. And so the timing was great. It, and Gate brought me full circle back to why I went back to school was to get into the corporate sustainability world. Um, so it's been a great experience. And as you can see, there's a career progression from the safety part of environmental safety and health, graduate school, EPA, and corporate sustainability. So they've all sort of fed in this nice um, progression um, of really, and then now really looking at the power of business to solve some of the world's biggest challenges. So we have a lot of students, I think, that come to our programs saying, I want to do something in the sustainability sphere, but I'm not really quite sure what that is. It's not really a functional area of business. It's actually mm -hmm. really something that's truly cross-functional. If you were to give advice, what advice could I share to our students from your perspective with your experience who are interested in really making a career and an impact in sustainability but are just sort of starting out in business school? So I think there are, as you mentioned, it is cross-functional. So I think people can take some of the things that they really like. So I talked to some students this morning about who are really interested in marketing, right? There's a way to get into sustainability through marketing. There's a way to do it in finance. There's, and I think the those who had earlier career choices in sustainability didn't study, but ended up following a personal passion and taking the disciplines that they had within business with them um, and embedding sustainability into it, right? And so when we think about how do we meet our sustainability goals, depending on where, uh, which goals they are. So in sustainable sourcing, we need our procurement teams to really engage with our suppliers. For renewable energy in our factories or energy efficiency and water reduction in the factories, we need the what we call our supply community to really engage. For the packaging sustainability, well, we've got, we've got R&D, we have marketing and brands, we have the procurement teams who buy the materials. And so you have multiple pathways to get into sustainability in any business, um, and you can sort of follow the, the, the personal interests and then marry that with your passions and sustainability. That's really a very interesting, um, interesting idea. I think one of the things I also hear from students is to get into sustainability, do you need to have, like you do, an engineering background? 
Um, do you need to have a science background? Um, is there a particular background that makes for a more natural profile for someone going into sustainability, or is it really much more creative than that? It can be much more creative. It is such a broad field, right? And so when we think about, you know, there are people in real estate looking at how do we have green buildings. Um, you know, obviously my sector is within, within the food sector. Um, you have um, electronics looking at how do you minimize energy use, but how do you actually care for the, the iPhones and the computers that are no longer in use and how do you dispose of them properly. So there are all sorts of different ways that you can incorporate sustainability. Um, I do find that my science and engineering background certainly helps, um, but it is not necessary that you have to have that, that background to, to be involved in sustainability. Well, you were here for our very first Meet and Greet series here this morning where we mm -hmm. invite students across all of our programs, MBA, specialized masters, graduate certificates, our mm -hmm. faculty and our staff together to just have some informal community mm -hmm. time, but also to feature a Spotlight alum like yourself. We were so fortunate to have you sort of kick off the series for us this year. What was that experience like? So it was really fun to be back here. And again, I think as I mentioned that, you know, my last semester, they were breaking ground on this building, right? And so it's really nice to see the, you know, 15 years later, how the build, you know, that we have a great um, modern business school, right? We have students who are excited to be here. I got a lot of questions from people um, doing the, you know, informal networking. Um, everyone's excited for their first week and first semester. And so I just really enjoy being able to hear what people are interested in. Um, I've, over the years, been able to talk to some of uh, the classes, particularly for some of uh, Dr. Sterick's classes. And it's just nice to get the, the fresh perspectives and what people are, are interested in doing. Well, that's fantastic. We were just so fortunate to have you come in uh, to, to meet the students, but also come into the recording studio today. Tell me, if you had to look back on your entire GW experience, the name of this podcast is GWSB Proud. What's your GWSB Proud moment? Uh, I'm not sure I could just name just one, but I mentioned the Net Impact Conference, and I think really being able to um, work with a number of students, not just within my program. We had people from other programs at GW and other schools to come together to put together this conference that, again, highlighted where people were being entrepreneurial and interested in the social aspects of business, I think was great. Um, and I really, the diversity of the students in my first year cohort Right. Have, as you mentioned, that the, the mission of the, of the school and we had people who were interested in nonprofits and entrepreneurial, I think, gave a really rich experience to that first year. You know, we worked hard together and there were a lot of stressful days and around midterms mm -hmm. and projects. Uh, but I, I think I just really enjoyed the people that I was with so much that I made a great experience here. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your experience and expertise with us and inspiring really the next generation of leaders. All right, thank you very much for having me. what it mean to me? go on, make that history. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening today. Shout out for music credit to Plantain Poppy, also known as Michael Ferrier, GW Class of 2020. See you next time to learn more ways we are GWSB proud.
Go and make that history. I got a couple scouts to the left of me. Buff and blue, so you know they need not to follow me.